<clears throat> hey guys, so it's your girl Edith Yolanda and I am really, really coming to you guys raw and real um, this late at night, um, mainly because I've been hearing about this story and it's, I'm not trying to make light of the situation with my songs, but um, I did Yo Gotti down in the DMs and I just did Computer Love. Um, I think that's by Zap Band or whatever. Um, it's a little bit before my time, so I can't really remember the the artist who com who did Computer Love. But either way, I thought that those songs were kind of fitting for what the topic I want to speak on tonight, which is about um, a serial killer, um, Daniel Drayton, um, a 27-year-old serial killer. Um, that was caught in California. Um, listen, I'm gonna, uh, I, I'm looking at his picture right now and I'm just, I'm looking at this young man, um, very good looking young man, but he's a serial killer and just staring in his face is kind of spooking me out and it's kind of eerie. So I'm just gonna scroll this picture on down and really try not to, um, really look at his face because he looks like somebody that I would go for. He looks like somebody that would be very, um, cunning, very handsome. Um, and, and it's just scary to me because there are people out here that are meeting up with people who they don't know off of the internet and these people are dangerous. So, Basically, uh, this guy, Daniel Drayton, um, is 27 years old, and they um, are calling him a serial killer. Um, he met a nurse on Tinder, um, and and this young lady um, was found murdered in her apartment, and a young lady that he met on um, Plenty of Fish, um, he ended up raping her. So I'm getting my news from The Cut, um, which is a website, thecut.com. And I just want to read up on him a little bit and give you some information. So it says, in mid-July, police began searching for Daniel Drayton, a 27-year-old Connecticut man who allegedly raped and killed 29-year-old Samantha Stewart, a nurse from Queens with whom he'd matched on Tinder. They eventually tracked him to a hotel room in Los Angeles when a regional uh, task force barged into his hotel room. They found him holding another woman captive after he had sexually assaulted her. Now, as more details emerge, police suspect um, that Drayton may be a serial killer who seeks his victims on Tinder and rideshare apps. Guys, this is crazy. I just really wanted to speak to my my young ladies my my sisters my homegirls and i just really want to say guys be careful i know that the dating scene today is really really um it's really crazy um you really don't and i'm just speaking for myself because i'm a makeup artist and as you know the makeup industry is filled with women and gay men so it's not like i'm meeting people by the water cooler at work or it's not that you know i went to college and um I, i'm dating my college sweetheart or anything like that i am literally a woman who's in her 30s who's single and is ready to mingle but i realized that it's so dangerous even 
for people who are friends of other friends, you'll soon find out that, you know, the face that they show your friends can be a totally different face that they show you. Um, I've, I've gotten that as well. So for me, it's just, it's, it's crazy how this guy was seeking to devour young women off of the internet. So it says on Monday, Drayton pleaded not guilty in Los Angeles County Superior Court to charges of sexual assault and attempted murder in the case of the North Hollywood woman who met Drayton in a Uber ride. Okay. So they met in, I guess, a Uber share or a Uber ride share where you can actually um, share a ride with somebody in Uber. And this is so dangerous because um, a lot of times when you do an Uber ride share with somebody, it's a stranger who you don't know. And if this person sees you and they think that you're attractive, they can always come back to your location where you were dropped off, especially if you go directly to a certain house or if this is where you live and they know where you live. Again, ladies, be careful. It says Drayton is also wanted in New York for the rape and murder of Stewart, whom Drayton report, reportedly met on Tinder. New York investigators are also looking into other cases to which Drayton is tied. For example, a month before Drayton allegedly killed Stewart, Detectives in New York's Special Victims Division were investigating a Brooklyn's a Brooklyn woman's report that Drayton choked and raped her after they went on a Tinder date. While Drayton has been linked to three to the three above victims, the Connecticut man claims to have far more. According to CBS Los Angeles, when he was interviewed by investigators after being arrested, Drayton bragged about having committed at least six other murders on the coast. However, no one tied to the other alleged victims has come forward so far. This is scary. This is scary. This is scary. Um, you guys, it's not worth it. Um, there's some things that I want to say to you um, before I tell you my own personal story because I do have a personal story um, about Tinder. Um, it's not serious as, as serious as this, but it could have been just as serious as this. Um, the one thing that I can honestly say is to the young ladies and even to the young men, because I'm not sure if you know this, um, here in Atlanta, a young lady um, robbed a, a male that she met on um, a dating app and robbed him in the parking lot of, I think, $140 that he was going to use to take her on a date. She robbed this young man um, before he took her on a date. This is this is completely chaotic it is crazy and what I think that we need to start doing guys is we need to take things slowly we need to definitely take things slowly I don't believe in actually giving your phone number right away um, I think that communicating through emails communicating through and if you do give your phone number make it an, a, a Google number where it's not your direct number, but it's a Google number. So that way they won't have directly have ties to your your cell phone or to your house, your address. Um, do emails. I feel that emails 
um, really gets you going with conversation. You can ask certain questions and get answers and feedback from a person and see where their mind is. When you do emails and you're reading, number one, you're reading, which is fundamental, but you get to see so much when you read an email from somebody. You can um, actually see their education level. You can um, ask certain questions that are kind of personal that you probably wouldn't be able to ask directly in person or over the phone because of shyness. Um, and you can actually just really get to dig in and see where their mindset is. So I really, I really, really believe in doing exchanges of emails first. I wouldn't even say do exchanges of social media because social media is tied to everything now. So if you use Facebook, um, this person can actually find out where you are. If you're out and about with friends, they can find out who your friends are and do so much more. So I don't even suggest getting to know people through social media. I think emailing is amazing. And it really is just a good way to communicate. The second thing is, is that once you start communicating with people through your email and asking them certain questions, seeing where their mind space is, then you can go ahead and start communicating with them over the phone. Once you start communicating with these people over the phone and you start saying, okay, I like him. I, I see he has ambition. I see that she has drive and you're starting to date this person. I think the third thing that you should do is double date. I don't think that you should go on one-on-one -on -one dates with people that you have never met, people who you don't have other ties, ties with um, other friends with. I think you should double date. So once you have communicated with this person through email, you've talked with them over the phone for a matter of weeks, ladies and gentlemen, don't do this in like two or three days. Take your time. It is your life that is on the line. Don't rush to your death. Don't rush to your death. You have forever, forever to love. You do not want to rush to your death. After a, a matter of month, like I would say, get, get this communication thing three to four weeks, a month. Before you even give out your number, make sure you communicate with them for at least two weeks through email. Then give them your number for another two weeks. Talk over the phone for another two weeks. If you are interested and they are interested in you, then you can move on to a date, which I think should be a double date. I think it should be a double date where you can't, your, your friends around you can see this person and see if there's certain things that are kind of fishy or kind of shady, but double date. Say, you know what, I think that my homegirl wants to come with her homeboy or whatever. Or if you decide to go on a date with this person one-on-one, please let somebody know, hey, I met this guy off of POF. I met this guy off of Tinder. I met this guy off of um, OkCupid. And we're going on a date to Longhorn. And keep in contact with a outside source that is your friend if it's your mama let it be your mama hey mom i'm going on a date this is this guy's name this is where he lives or you know if you're pulling up at the same time give them your drive give him give your your friends or your family members his his license plate number you can never be too cautious guys this is your life it's something serious take it, it 
if you don't know this, there are people out here who care about you and love you. There are also people out here who want to seek, who seek to devour you. Don't get devoured. Um, this man might have many more victims. Like he might have, and this is what really creeped me out. I'm reading this, this is off of the cut, but I was watching ABC um, Dateline tonight and the guy said that he was actually glad that he got caught because the voices in his head was telling him to do these things and he really didn't want to do it. He said that he was a good person, but the voices in his head were telling him to do these things. He was freaking psychotic. He had mental issues. He looked like a good looking, handsome gentleman that was just cunning and, 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 and smooth, but he was psychotic and he probably had schizophrenia. You know, um, the one lady that, that they interviewed um, on Dateline basically said that this man tried to choke her in her car. If it wasn't for two men who were walking by and asking her if she needed help because he was trying to walk around the car to choke her again, she probably would have been dead herself. And she was a mother. She had a son. So always remember this as well. If you have children, you do not want to leave your children here on this earth alone because you just wanted to go get some dick. Your children need you. Remember that. This woman said that his nails were dug into her throat. She still had marks around her neck from him trying to choke her. And this was in June. It's now July. He wanted to kill her. This is not the first strangulation that he did. But when, what she ended up doing was she ended up recording him stalking, him, stalking her outside of her house, leaving messages saying that he was going to kidnap her son, leaving messages saying that he was going to kill her family. Y'all, this is serious. This is serious. So I'm going to take a quick break because whew, this kind of got me with some chill bumps. Some hair standing up on my arm. I'm, I'm, this, this is a really serious story because I know so many of my friends who actually date online and they meet people online. Um, I actually have two stories for you when I come back, but I really want to talk to you about my story that I had with Tinder. And I think that a lot of people can relate to it. So make sure you come back and listen to more. This is the Dane with the Dane Truth. All right, guys, so I'm back. It is story time, and um, I know y'all love my stories. I've had so many of you guys tell me that you actually love my story time, that it's funny, it's entertaining, but I wanted to tie this in with the topic at hand, which is the tender serial killer, um, mainly because I know that women, um, we all are kind of like looking or in search of love. Um, compatibility, companionship, um, just someone that we can actually call our own, call our man. Um, and so my story starts when I moved to Boston. Like I moved to Boston, um, just really trying to get away from Atlanta. I needed a break from Atlanta. I had really gotten out of a really, really bad relationship. Um, I was really, really hurt. Um, I didn't really like my job. I wasn't feeling any type of fulfillment with my work. 
Um, I was feeling like they were not really appreciative of the work that I was doing for the company. So I wanted to leave that. I was really depressed with that. Um, and I also was trying to do some philanthropic work in the city and I, some, some relationships ended because of the event that I was throwing. Just a whole lot of stuff was going on in my mind and I was just really trying to get a break from it all. So I moved to Boston and while I was in Boston, within the first week, I got like a job interview. I had three job interviews in the first week that I moved to Boston. And, you know, it was becoming to be, I'm in this strange place. I don't have any friends. Um, I was around family, but, you know, my family had their lives. And, you know, I was feeling kind of like a fish out of water. Um, and so I decided, my, my cousin actually suggested, she was like, why don't you try that little app where you can meet people? And I was like, what app is this? And she was like, well, I heard it's like Tinder. So I looked up Tinder, put it up on my phone. And it was interesting because it was like giving me people in certain locations that, you know, were not far from where I lived and I could actually meet them. So this is crazy. So my cousin decided that he wanted to get married and he wanted to do it within a week. And within this week, I was planning his wedding or whatnot, and I got this ping. And I got this ping from this guy, and the guy was good looking or whatever, and I was like, oh, he's cute. Um, And it seemed like when I was on Tinder, the only type of men that I was meeting were um, Haitian men. Um, Haitian men are really, really like quite prevalent in the Boston area. And I didn't really realize this, but I was just getting hit up by all kinds of Haitian men. But this, and, and you know, my sister married a Haitian guy, um, and their relationship was really disastrous. So I was not really trying to, um, how can I say this? I was really not trying to be in a relationship with somebody of Haitian descent because of how my sister's husband treated her and, you know, really treated her bad and her children. So to make a long story short, I decided to meet this guy and he was so sweet. He was so kind. He ended up showing up to my cousin's wedding, which was at my other cousin's house and we just kicked it off right away. He he met my family. He actually clicked with my family. He had good conversation with my family. They roasted him. It was just a good time. You know, he came to the wedding. It was really like the after wedding, but he came, had drinks. We had s'mores because my cousin had a fire pit. It was just good. A really, really nice meet and greet. And he was like, you know, you're even more beautiful in person. So, you know, I'm flattered. I'm like, okay, thank you. And I was like, you're really handsome. Like, my cousin's friend was there. She was like, oh, you're sexy. Like, he was just, he had a nice build, really nice, smooth complexion, nice, crispy haircut, nice clothing. He was just, he was cute. I was like, all right, stop, I say. 
Um, so we decided to, you know, continue talking on the phone and communicating on the phone and, you know, really like kicking it on the phone. Even though we met up really, really quickly at my cousin's wedding, um, which was a yard wedding. It was more like a kickback wedding, but we decided to really take it back to the phone and just communicate that way, getting to know each other. And he told me he had a son. So I was like, okay, you have a son. Um, you know, I, I inquired about that, found out that he had a son by um, a Caucasian woman. Um, and they were really, really good friends. And they, you know, kind of co-parent and they have a really good relationship. And he told me that he has his son majority of the time. So I was like, okay, cool. I like that you're responsible, whatever. So, um... This is when it got interesting. So we decided to go out to this Haitian club downtown Boston. Um, he wanted to take me out. He said that his friend owned the bar or whatever. So we decided to go out. Had the best time. Like, had drinks. He he had food. Um, I didn't want to eat. I For some reason, I don't like eating on first dates. It's, it's just really uncomfortable for me to eat on first dates. So I was having drinks, he was having food and drinks, um, and then it became like a dance kind of club. So we're dancing, having a good time, and then we leave. He had a loft, a loft apartment, so I went to his apartment after the club. Um, I really didn't go into his, his loft. Um, we kind of like kicked it in the like parking lot area. It was like a, a yard type situation where he had like this huge, like, I guess grilling area where people could, everybody could, who lived in this apartment style housing could, you know, kick it. So we were just out there talking or whatever. And he decided to kiss me, lean in and kiss me. And the kisses became, you know, really passionate and, you know, sexy. And he was like, okay, I'm going to stop us right here. And I was like, well, I hope we stop because I don't want you to think we're going any further with this. That's what I was thinking in my head. But, you know, we were kissing and he was like, he was getting excited and he really liked me and he wanted to take things slow. So I thought that that was admirable because, you know, I want to take things slow. And he said he really wanted to get to know me. He thought that I was somebody that, you know, he could see in a long-term relationship with. Just based off of conversation, who he thought I was as a woman, you know, how I carried myself. He wanted to take things slow. He wanted to really get to know me and see where we could go. I was like, okay, cool. So we decide to, you know, really kick it more and more and more. You know, he came by my job, brought me lunch. We just had a really good time, like, getting to know each other. And I really liked him. So, in Boston, weed is legal. Weed is like alcohol in Boston. You have to be 21 and older to actually smoke. And it has to be, you can't like smoke and drive. So you have to be like sober um, while you drive or operate a vehicle. But you can smoke in Boston. You can smoke in your house. You can smoke at a party. You can smoke outside the club, whatever. It's just legal. 
So this one time, um, I met up with his homeboy who's from Florida. Um, we all decided to go to a restaurant and we smoked before we went to the restaurant. This is like, this was my first time smoking, by the way. And, um, we decided to go eat afterwards. Duh. Cause after you smoke, you want to eat. So I just knew that I wasn't high. So I was like, I don't feel anything. I don't feel a buzz. He was like, you're high. You're hungry. You're high. So I was like, okay, if you say so, but I could eat before I smoke. So we left the restaurant, um, and we smoked again and we decided to kick it. So you know what I mean by kicking it. We ended up having sex. This was probably the best sex that I have ever had in my life. It was euphoric. It was different. I was high. And I have not felt that way since. It, I think like it was just like my first time and it was just amazing. So of course, you know, that was mind altering, mind blowing. And, you know, to me it was good. And now we're in it to win it. I want more. So basically we had like a relationship um, now that was intimate and we had been dating for about four or five months. So, I mean, hey, we decided to kick it and we, we enjoyed each other's company. So now we're intimately involved as well. And um, so it started getting stranger and stranger that he always had his son um, you know, he would plan things with me and then have to cancel because he said he had to get his son and so on and so forth. So I was kind of like, okay, this is why I don't really deal with men who have children because I really, I, I don't have that responsibility and I'm not really used to that. And when a man plans something with me, I don't like for those plans to be altered. Um, so I'm not used to it. I don't have children. I'm not used to it. So it was kind of hard for me to adjust, but it was more so weird because he would plan something with me. And then, um, you know, when it was time for us to, you know, go out or something like that, um, he wouldn't cancel. He would just have me hanging in limbo. And I'm like, wait a minute, I don't get stood up. You know, and then he would come with me with some excuse that he had to pick up his son, his, you know, baby's mother couldn't pick up their son, whatever, whatever it was, you know, it was BS. And I could feel it in my heart. I could feel that he was lying in my heart, but I let it ride and to the point where I just became more and more distant. So I decided to come to Atlanta um, for the holidays and I didn't tell him I just wanted to get away. I didn't want to be caught up in another tumultuous relationship. So I came to Atlanta and kicked it with my family and didn't tell him. And he was, he said he was really hurt because he thought that we were going to spend time during the holidays. And I told him, no, I wanted to be with my family. So he was like, I really want to be with you. I want you to be my girl. So now he wants a commitment. And he's telling me this while we're in Atlanta. So when I get back to Boston, I'm like, yo, what's up? You're saying that you want to be in a relationship, but you're not really showing me these things. You're canceling on me. You're making up all kinds of excuses. I'm not really down with that. And I can't really get down with that type of, you know, relationship. So he invites me out 
um, to this club that is another club. Like, he's really well connected. So, he invites me out to this other club that is his friends. And he's like, come out. Let's have fun. It's the new year. Let's just, you know, let everything go. I just want to spend time with you. So, I go to this club. Let me tell you, baby. I was banging. I looked so dope. I had like this side ponytail action going on. It was freezing cold because it, it was literally the new year. It was like January. It was like 10 below. And I was just sexy that night. So I walk in. Everybody's looking at me like, who is this black girl? Because I'm like the only black girl at this bar. Because the bars in Boston really, it's just, it's it's not a mixture. It's, it's majority white people. So they were looking at me like, who is this black girl that came in here with this this hat on and this tight dress, like just looking the bomb. So by this time, he's, you know, he's kind of drunk. He's kind of tipsy. And he's having fun with his friends. He's, you know, rah-rahing it all out. So he was like, we're going out to smoke. Do you want to smoke? And I was like, no, y'all can go ahead and smoke. I'm going to stay in. I'm cold. I don't have to smoke like that. I'm not a weed smoker like that. Y'all go ahead, have your smoke. I'm going to sip on my drink. So he, we both have the same phones. So he leaves his phone on the table. And my phone was on the table. So when he leaves out, my phone, his phone lights up. And I think it's my phone. But it wasn't my phone. It was his phone. And it was his brother calling. He already told me who his brother was, you know, gave me his brother's name. So I answered the phone and I said, hey, your brother's outside smoking. He'll call you back when he comes back inside. So I hang up. So his brother calls again. So instead of answering the phone, you know, in a club trying to tell his brother, hey, he's outside because he can't really hear me. The music is loud. People are loud. I was going to text him. Your brother's outside. He's going to call you back when he comes back in. Mind you, this guy is wasted. He's high. And he, he really, like, he didn't really know what's going on. I don't even believe he knew that his phone was left out there. So while I'm going to text his brother to let him know that, you know, hey, he, he's not here. He left his phone open. And I see, hey, baby. Now, me being the black woman that that I am, I'm quite inquisitive, but I wasn't going to go through his phone. That's just something that I don't do. I don't believe in going through people's phones if I believe if I am in a relationship with you. I feel like it's going to present itself if you're not being forthright with me or if you're telling lies. I believe whatever you do do in the dark, it will come to light. But this hey baby kind of caught my attention because it was it was already there. It was just his phone was unlocked. He didn't realize that he didn't send the message out to this person and it was his phone was still open. So I'm reading the message and he says, "Hey baby, I'm out at the bar with the boys. I'll check you out tomorrow." So clearly he's texting a woman. Clearly, the woman's name is in the phone. So, I see this girl's name in the phone. And I said, you know what? 
I'm not drunk. I'm not high. And being the smart bitch that I am, I'm definitely going to his Facebook page to see if I can find Ming Lee in his phone. Because it was an Asian girl's name. I can't remember the name, but it was it was Asian. So I go to his Facebook page. Boom. Right there is this girl's name. I click on the picture. And it's the both of them hugged up, kissing. She's calling him Bay. You know, they're in a relationship. And from what I understand, they're engaged because she's showing a picture of her ring. So I'm like, okay, so you're engaged. Now, I am a real hothead. I, I try to hold my emotions in, but when I am steaming out of every, every orifice of my body, I can't hold nothing in. Like, it just rages out of me. So by this time, I've seen everything that I needed to see. He's coming back in with his homeboys. Again, he's drunk. He's high. They're partying it up. So I'm trying to just really chill out because this Negro said that he was going to send me back home in an Uber. And I'm not paying for another Uber because I'm not going to do that. So I'm trying to chill, hold it in. He hits me with the, are you coming back to my place tonight? I said, no. Why would I do that? So he goes, you know you want to come back to the place with me tonight. I said, no. Why don't you send Ming Lee a text and tell her to meet you at your place tonight? So he's looking at me like, how do you know Ming Lee? And I was like, hmm. I said, Ming Lee texted you and called you while you were out getting high and getting drunk. So he looks like he is baffled. He can't really come up with a lie quick enough because the liquor is in his system. The weed is in, is in his system. He just doesn't know what to do. He doesn't know what to say. So I get up to leave. In the back of my head, I'm like, damn, I got to pay for this Uber because I can't be you know, asking for no Uber and I'm confronting him. Like, you know, that's not, that's not what bad bitches do. We just get up and we leave. So he tries to get me to stay and he grabs my arm. I had a drink in my hand and I threw it on him and I told him, don't ever fucking think that you can play this type of bitch. You might be able to play other bitches, but this bitch you will never play with. You will never toy with me in such a manner ever in your fucking life. You don't know who the fuck you're dealing with. I went off. I went blank because I literally left Atlanta to avoid fuck nigga shit. Like, I just didn't want to deal with this shit anymore. And you completely lied to me. Like, you didn't have to lie. But you completely lied to me about your whole situation, bruh. And I couldn't fathom that this person would lie so willingly. So, this is where it gets really tricky. I, I email her. I sent her an email letting her know that, you know, he's really dirty He's not out with his boys. He actually was out with me. I want to let you know this, that, and the other. And I'm sending her this text while I'm in my Uber getting ready to go home. 
By the time my Uber drops me off to the front doorstep of my house, she's hitting me back like, I need to talk to you. I need to talk to you. So we do our thing, our pow wow. She calls him. On th no, I call him on three-way. She's on the phone. She's letting him have it. It was like some, it was like some real, to me, it was like some childish shit, but it was something that could have been avoided if he wasn't acting like a child. If he was honest and truthful, this would have never happened. And so it is what it is. That relationship ended. So Boston is very small and everybody knows everybody in Boston. So this time I'm working part-time for my cousin because my cousin has a restaurant and I'm working part-time to help him out. And the guy that I was dating told me that he was friends with one of the people who my cousin hired at his pizzeria. So she said something to me that, you know, referenced him. And I said, Hmm, yeah, about him, you know, yeah, I don't, I don't talk to your friend anymore. So she asked me why, and I told her why and what he did. And this girl went on to tell me that she had a 13-year relationship with this guy. She knew him since high school. She has been with him since, since high school. She's a grown woman now. She was so upset, and she's Haitian. And she told me that she was going to um, put voodoo on him. <laughs> I cannot make this up. Like, I can't make this up. I cannot make this up. She was so angry that she wanted to put voodoo on him. And she was just disgusted. She was upset. She was like, you know, we have sex unprotected. And it's because we're in a relationship. I said, oh, honey. I said, oh, no. I, I don't do those type of things. So you might want to go ahead and get yourself checked out because from what I understand, he and Chun-Li are in a relationship and she's engaged to him. And she was like, what if he gave me something? I was like, ooh, maybe you should wear a condom. I don't do those type of things. So needless to say, my whole Tinder experience was God awful. And that's not even... That's not even the the only Tinder um, experience that I had. I had another Tinder experience, um, which was really, really, really like it was really messy because my whole family was there. Okay, real quick, this guy I met on Tinder, real cool guy from Florida, whatever, black guy, cool as hell. He meets my family. He knows my cousin Luther, so. They're cool. My cousin Luther is like, yeah, he's a good guy. He's a decent guy. Yeah, you should go out on a date with him. We all go out to the bar. We kick it. We have a great time. So he invites my whole family to his bar that he manages. And he's like, we got the best wings. Come through. We got the best wings. Y'all have fun. We can watch the Patriots play. Let's do it. So I was like, all right, cool. So the following day, everybody is kind of tired. It's a Sunday. We all were drinking the night before. But you know what? We're willing to go out for some chicken wings. So at first, I canceled with him. And I was like, I don't think my family really wants to come. And he was like, yeah, I'm kind of tired myself. So I was like, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll do a rain check. We'll do this again. 
child, my cousin was like, no, we said we were going to watch the Patriots game and I want to watch the Patriots game and try these chicken wings out. So I text him, hey, we're on the way. My cousin says that he wants to still, you know, watch the Patriots game. My cousin comes out with his friend. My, my friend comes out with her dude. I'm there. And why is this guy at the bar with another date? He has a whole nother date. He thought that I wasn't going to show up again. He has a whole nother date. And it was just an awkward situation. I, was, I wasn't I was embarrassed. I was more embarrassed for him because I was like, dude, like you really, like you really don't know how to. Because what was really crazy was that he was trying to keep us separate. He was trying to keep the girl at the bar and he was trying to keep me with my cousins. And I was just like, dude, I know what you're doing. You're here on a date because there's nobody else at this bar. It's just you and this girl here. It's nobody else. This is a closed off part of the bar that you manage. And it's just you and her. And I was like, okay, I'm out. Y'all can sit here and y'all can eat wings and watch the Patriots game. But I can't take this. This is this is hilarious. My cousin said that when I left, he looked so butthurt. He was so embarrassed. And, and shortly after I left, because he kept asking my cousins, where did I go? The girl got offended and decided that she wanted to leave also. So she left and he was there with my cousins at the bar. So if you can see, like, I'm good off of Tinder. I don't want to do Tinder. I don't want to do POF. I don't want to do OkCupid. I don't even want to do Facebook. If I can't meet you, if we don't have, you know, multiple friends, mutual multiple friends, if we don't know each other, I'm so over this whole dating thing. I'm just so scared of putting myself out there because men feel that there's a need to lie. There's no need to lie to somebody that you're not committed to. Be honest with this person. Let them know, hey, I'm dating other people. You know, um, I, you know, I, I want to date other people. I don't want to be in a serious relationship right now. I just got out of a serious relationship. Just keep it real. There's no reason to lie. There's no reason to lie about your situation. So, you know... My Tinder dates weren't dangerous. They could have been dangerous, but they weren't dangerous because I kind of screened and took my time getting to know these people. But you can only know but what they want to tell you. You, you. Like people can show you their representatives all the time. I know people who marry a representative of a person and come to find out that this is not who they thought they were marrying like they woke up one morning and realized that the person that they married was a totally different person so guys really just take your time if you're going to do the whole um you know tinder you know okay cupid facebook type of thing you know you can even take pictures and put it on a google search a reverse search and just find out if this person is real because there are people who are getting catfish. And what I mean by catfish, like they don't like they're using other people's pictures to say that they are this person, but they're really not. 
So just be careful. I'm, I'm saying be careful because there are a lot of crazy people out here in the world that mean you no good and they want to harm you. I'm so sorry for the young ladies who lost their lives. This man said that he had like six or nine different other victims, guys. This could be one of us. So please be careful. Don't put your family through a heartache that, that that can't be healed because they can't find your body or that you're murdered. You know, we had a friend in high school that met somebody at a gas station, went out on a date with them, and then they went back to her place and he strangled her and killed her. And she had a daughter. Come to find out this man murdered another woman in Florida and murdered her in front of her child, her baby. He murdered her in front of her baby. You guys, there are evil people in this world. And if you don't believe in good and evil, I feel sorry for you. I really feel sorry for you. Protect yourself. Protect your energy. And most of all, protect your heart. I know this was a long podcast, but I had to get this shit out. I needed to tell you the truth. If nobody else tells you the truth, I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm going to tell you the dang truth. It's your girl, Edith Yolanda. Have a wonderful night. Sleep easy and let you know. I'm going to let you know I care for you. I care for everybody who listens to my podcast. Keep in contact with me, guys. You can always email me at edith.parish at gmail.com. You can follow me on Instagram at Hermosa Cosmetics. And you can also find me on Facebook under Edith Yolanda. All right, guys. Have a good night.